This is Mr. Gleason here. We're doing podcast 1.2, which is on work and energy. Uh, we're going to keep this one as short as possible. So here we go. Uh, first of all, talking about work. Uh, work is done when a force is, acts on an object and the object moves in the direction of the force. So again, it requires a force and it requires movement. So if I sit there and push on a wall, I'm not going to have any work, even though I put forth a lot of effort and maybe put a lot of force on the wall. If it doesn't move, no work is done. Work is going to actually be equal to force times distance in equation form, with the unit of work being the joule, abbreviated capital J. Now, let's look at some examples here. If we apply a 60 Newton horizontal force to a 30 kilogram, 32 kilogram package, which pushes it four meters across a million floor, how much work do we do on the package? Well, work is equal to force times distance, and the force in this problem is 60 Newtons, and the distance is four meters, and I solve that out, I get 240 Newton meters, or joules. This 32 right here, means nothing to my uh, problem because it has nothing to do with the force or the distance. Another example, work when a 20 Newton force pushes a cart 3.5 meters. Again, calculated it out. Excuse me, we got 70 joules. There's my answer. All right, now talking about power. Power is work done per unit of time, so work over time, and we already know that work is force over distance, so we could write that as this equation here, and the unit of power is the watt, capital W. So some practice problems. Calculate the power expended when a 20 Newton force pushes a cart 3.5 meters in a time of 0.5 seconds, Well, we already know power is work over time, and we said work is force times distance over time. So 20 newtons times 3.5 meters divided by the 0.5 seconds. And we calculate that out, and we're going to get a power of 140 newton meters over seconds, or joules over seconds, or watts. All right. Another example, power, force times distance over time. That's going to be one newton times two meters divided by two seconds. That's going to give me a very easy answer of one watt. All right, now let's talk about mechanical energy. There should be titles on these slides. I don't know if they show up for you, but they don't for me. Mechanical energy is energy due to a position or movement. So uh, if we want to talk about position, we talk about potential energy. And there are many different types of potential energy. Ones you're most concerned with are elastic potential energy, like stretching. Uh, um, that would also maybe be springs right here with the elastic. Chemical potential energy is energy stored in bonds. And you can see the release of that energy by something getting hot if you react it with something else. And then one we're concerned with 
today is going to be gravitational potential energy, which is an object's potential energy due to its height above a surface. Now, kinetic energy is going to be energy of motion. Go ahead and put the definitions for these. Stretching bonds, and of course this is energy that's stored. All right, and we measure energy in the joule, capital J is our abbreviation. So, if we're looking at potential energy, that's energy stored due to an object's height, and the equation is that we take the object's weight and multiply it times the height. You're not going to see it written like that most of the time. Weight, we already learned in the last podcast, is mass times gravity. We multiply that times the height, we get the potential energy. So an example, how many joules of potential energy does a one kilogram, excuse me, let me start that over, mass times gravity times height, does a one kilogram book gain when it's elevated four meters and eight meters? I have two problems here. All right, we're, we already said that we're going to use acceleration due to gravity as 10 in the examples, you use 9.81 times the height. And if we solve this out, you will get a potential energy of 40 joules. We do the same problem at 8 meters, we get 80 joules. So height, it's a very uh, linear relationship. If we do another example, we have m times g times h to give us the potential energy. So we take 20 kilograms times acceleration due to gravity times the height. You solve that out, you're going to find that the potential energy should be equal to 400 joules. All right, next thing we're going to talk about is kinetic energy. All right, that's energy due to motion. If an object's not moving, it has no motion. It has no kinetic energy. So we abbreviate as such, K equals one-half mv squared. You can see it in word form uh, printed above. So if we're going to calculate kinetic energy, very simply, one-half mv squared. Make sure you square it. That's a big common mistake we get that the kinetic energy is equal to 0.5 or one-half times the mass times the velocity squared. Solve that out and you get 20 joules. Another example, this time it says we want the same amount of kinetic energy as the previous example. So our equation if you remember from the previous example, I plug numbers in, then do the math. You could do the math, then plug the numbers in, do the algebra. Um, so I plug in the same kinetic energy as before, which I've lost my page. Our answer before, I believe, was 20. My pages are out of our starting. Okay, my kinetic energy is 20 joules equals 
0.5 times the mass of 5 kilograms times the velocity squared. If I solve this out, I'm going to get that the velocity squared is equal to 8, and we get the answer. We should get the velocity is equal to 2.83, and velocity is always in meters per second. There should always be in meters per second. So there we go. Now we need to talk about how work and energy are related, and this is called the work energy theorem. And like it says, whenever work is done, energy changes. So work, which is force times distance, is equal to a change in kinetic energy. And the only way we could change kinetic energy, we could lose mass, but more likely, we're going to change the velocity. And that little delta, that little triangle right there, that means change. So if we have a problem, we look at the change in the speed. If we're going to zero, then it's pretty easy. But if we're going from, say, 10 meters per second to 20 meters per second, my change from 10 to 20, the change is 10. Okay? So let's look at an example. You have a 1,000 kilogram vehicle traveling 10 meters per second, and we want to know the distance if we have a certain braking force and the distance if we have a for the same braking force if we have a different speed. So we have two problems here. We're going to use the equation we just wrote down. And we just start plugging numbers in. We have a force, a braking force of 1,000 newtons. And we're trying to find the distance. We have the mass of the vehicle is 1,000 kilograms. And we have the velocity being 10 meters per second. Now, if it's braking, it's going to come to a stop. The change from 10 to stop is 10 meters per second, and we remember to square that. Now, if you do the math and solve this out, you will find that the distance is equal to 50 meters. Solving the same problem, this time with the new distance of 20 meters, I'm sorry, the new speed of 20 meters per second, same problem. You calculate this out, your distance is actually going to be 200 meters, four times the difference. Why? Because when we doubled that, we still had to square it. So we ended up getting four times out of this number than we did out of this number right here. All right. Law of conservation of energy you have written right here. This is a very important law. Make sure you have it written down. Very simply, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only be transferred from one form to another. Whatever total energy you have to start must equal the total energy at the end. Since we're only talking about potential and kinetic energy, that says that the starting energies combined are equal to the starting energies at the end. And if we spread those out into their equations, you can see what we get. Notice that there is a mass in every single variable here. And since it is in every single part, we can actually cancel those out when we solve an equation. And we're going to do an example where you can see how that works. 
We have a stuntman jumping off a cliff with a specific potential energy. We want to see that his potential energy and kinetic energy add up to a certain number later on. So to start with, the total energy is the sum of this energy here plus his kinetic energy. At the top of the cliff, he has no kinetic energy. But when his potential energy is 2,000 joules, his kinetic energy is 8,000 joules. This is a true statement. What, 10,000 plus zero equals 2,000 plus 8,000. So there's a true statement. We have proved the question. Now, here we go. Here's an example where we actually use numbers. Now, we had the MGH plus so on and so forth, but we don't need the Ms because they end up canceling each other out. GH to start plus one-half V to start squared is equal to GH finished plus one-half V finished squared. Alright, I use the little ones and the twos to tell us the start and the finish. So if I plug in the numbers, G is always going to be 10 meters per second when I'm doing examples squared. When you do it, you're going to use 9.8. The height is 100 meters. Alright, we take that plus the velocity at the beginning. Well, he starts with no velocity. Now, halfway down, his height is going to be equal to 50 meters plus, and we're trying to find the final velocity, so we're going to solve such as that. You plug this in, you chug out an answer, you're going to find that the velocity is equal to 31.62 meters per second. Now, this is two questions, so we want to find out at the surface of the water. So this is going to start out the same. Starts at the same height with no initial speed. Now that he's at the surface of the water, he has zero height, and we can find the new speed. We plug this in and solve it. You're going to find that the speed now, based on this calculation, you're going to find that the answer is going to be 44.72 meters per second. Alright, last example. Again, we're going to use the GH1 plus 1 half V1 squared equals GH2 plus 1 half V2 squared. Alright, now for this example, the ball is starting basically at a height of zero, so that makes that part zero, plus one-half times the velocity squared. Now at the top, we're looking for that height. But it's coming to a stop, so the velocity is zero. Now all we have to do is solve for the height. You plug that into your calculator and you get 101.25 meters. All right, that concludes this podcast. This one's much shorter, 15, 16 minutes.